the Bible Study Podcast, episode 150. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with Acts chapter 13. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today we continue the study of Acts, and we begin the main portion of this book, which is the missionary journeys of Paul. In particular, this is the start of the first missionary journey, which is the missionary journey of Barnabas and Saul. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them went on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia, and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. And so we're starting off on this missionary journey, and Basically, they're going off on a missionary journey because God tells them to. The prophets have a prophecy that say to send off Barnabas and Saul. And so they head off first to Cyprus, which is relatively close to Antioch. And they take with them this young man, John, or John Mark, as we talked about in the last chapter. And they begin a pattern that you will see throughout Acts, which is when they begin in a city to try and plant the church there, they start with the Jewish synagogue, in part because they're Jewish, but in part because here's a set of people who understand the Old Testament and were looking forward to a Messiah. And so as they brought in the word, they had a context to deal with. And so that is something that we'll see them doing almost every place, and there'll be an exception to that in Acts. Continuing on, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Ilmas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Ilmas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. It's interesting to note from an archaeological point of view that this name, Sergius Paulus, who is the proconsul here, an inscription to him was found in 1877 in this particular city, and his name, Sergius Paulus, and the title of proconsul were on that inscription. And later on, there was also a memorial stone found to him in Rome. Prior to that, kind of discovery that happened in the late 1800s. People had some doubts about Luke's accuracy as a historian because there was no record of some of the things that he talked about. What happened, though, as modern archaeology started to come about, evidence was found for Luke's story, as in this particular case. 
person in this particular chapter is this Ilmas Bar-Jesus. And Bar-Jesus would mean the son of Jesus. And so he's given by his last name probably, or a nickname first, and then his first name. And he is a sorcerer, and he is opposing the faith. And it's interesting to see that like Saul, Paul, and this is a transition as we go from Saul to Paul, he is he is opposing the faith and he is struck blind. Now, Paul was on the other end of this, remember. And so he understands that he himself was blind until he was made to see. I mean, And I mean that in a spiritual sense as much as I mean that in a physical sense. As, and I mean that in a spiritual sense as much as I mean that in a physical sense. And that's what happens in this chapter to Ilmas. Continuing on, from Paphos, Paul and his companion sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All of this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled forty years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one, no, but he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham... And you, God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son. Today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words. I will give you the holy and sure blessing promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy one see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, he was buried with his fathers, and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. 
Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. For I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. That's a rather long piece of scripture to read, but I did this because that is, in one chunk, Paul's message. And you'll note that Luke, at this point, says that this is Paul and his traveling companions. He's done a little switch. Remember, this was originally Barnabas who kept bringing along Paul, and now it's Paul and his traveling companions. But Paul stands up and he gives this short, relatively, sermon, but long for a passage of the Bible, that gives the history of the Jewish people and God's dealing with them, including his patience with them in the wilderness and raising up Saul and then David, and then playing that into Jesus and how Jesus is fulfilling the scriptures that they read in this very synagogue every Saturday. And this is their response then. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So we see in this that first they bring the message to the Jews, and I said because they had context and because they were Jews, but also because they feel compelling to preach first to the Jews. But they're not completely surprised that they're rejected because they've been called to preach to the Gentiles. And so they start with the Jewish people always, and they usually have then a remnant of that synagogue will help form the basis of the church. And so that will put some Jews and some Gentiles in the church, and that strengthens the church too, because then you have some people who are well-versed in the Old Testament who have a context to help grow the others. Notice also, though, that in the synagogue even, they're finding people who are Gentile converts. There are those who are converts, and there are those who follow the Jewish practices but don't go all the way to circumcision. And so they start with those people who have a background, but the message goes out that there's something different about what these people are preaching, and so the whole city shows up. But that in itself causes the jealousy that causes some of the people of the synagogue to reject them. And it goes on. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. This is obviously an interesting phrase for those who put an emphasis on predestination. And I say an emphasis because the Bible does talk about free will and it does talk about predestination. So I consider it one of emphasis in terms of which we're looking at. Because I think one tells us about us and one tells us about God. God who has plans and God who moves forward versus free will, which is giving us the chance to make a choice. I don't think that they are mutually exclusive, but obviously this verse here is saying that God intended to raise up from the synagogue and from these believers and from these Gentiles a church here in Cyprus, and he has done so through Barnabas and Paul.
The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This also will be a pattern that we will see. As often as not, it seems that they are kicked out of town rather than they leave of their own free will. And there's time for them to move on. And so they do. And with that, we will also move on. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Bible Study Podcast, episode 150, which seems like a fairly significant milestone. I know that partway through, I thought I was going to stop this. I wasn't sure that I could keep this up, but it looks like we're going strong. So I appreciate the growing listener numbers and what uh, feedback, what little feedback I get from people. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. As always, thanks so much for listening. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.